You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Decision. I want to win championships. I want to win bowl games. And we have some better things to do than your city. The power of home represents something. The DMV, like you try to explain it to people that aren't from there, and it's hard to explain it. That thing we talk about, Maryland Pride, is real. And the way we're going to play with Maryland Pride. He's got it! The Terrapins have one last shot at winning this game. Three seconds, two seconds, one second, throws it up. Money! And he got it! And the Terrapins win at the buzzer! Oh! Stevie Francis, showtime. Oh, man! What a play by Bias! Holy cow! Maryland hits the road to beat Penn State. Maryland pulls off the upset. They have defeated number one, and the celebration is on. Be not afraid of greatness. Some are born great. Some achieve greatness. Others host college sports and recruiting podcasts. You're listening to IMS Radio at InsideMarylandSports.com. Your hosts, Jeff Ehrman, Paul Douglas, and Larry Franz. Hello, fellas. What a, one of those crazy days where the audio and tech stuff was driving me crazy right up until showtime. And a bunch of people saw us testing live. <laughs> The last 20 minutes, we're making a, jokes a, about us. What a real surprise <laughs> that the technology let us down on a night like this. <laughs> yeah. So this is the real show, though. This is the one that will be recorded for posterity. The other ones we were testing and people were making fun of us for our, which, which, what shall we say, our nerdiness, our lack of professionalism. I don't know. Making fun of us. Anyway, we're live, and I believe people can see us, and that's all that matters. And we have a great cast. So, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Speaking of technology difficulties, we'll see how that goes. Yeah. I'm recording as well, so if something goes wrong, hopefully it gets recorded. At least the audio. At least the audio, not the video. Anyway, how are you guys doing? Long time no talk. It's been a little bit. Sunday night. I'm guessing we've all gotten a lot more sleep than Ehrman has in the past 72 hours or so. 
just a little bit, but these are this is what you live for as a publisher. Not not Mark Turgeon. I don't want to sound bad. Not Mark Turgeon quitting, but recycle. <laughs> uh, this is a fun set. I mean, Maryland basketball job has changed over four times in like fifty years. Oh come on! Don't don't act like. You love this. It's great for your business, Jeff. It's going to generate so many hits. Come on. That's what I'm saying, Larry. This is yeah. It's your time to shine, buddy. The beauty of it as a publisher is it's going to drag on for quite a while. It's not going to be one of those. Like with Maryland, I'm always thinking, all right, they barely ever change basketball coaches. Whenever they do, watch. It's going to be one of those. He's gone, bringing a new guy like three days later. Not this time. This could be like a... Well, three-month affair. Well, I mean, that's 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 the thing, right? I mean, obviously, there are a couple guys that have been brought up who currently are not employed as basketball coaches. So, I guess in theory, you could have a higher, you know, whenever, but that's pretty unlikely. I mean, I think it's more likely you're kind of spending all this next three months getting ready for that first or second week in March. You know, when conference tournament time, that could be that could be when you really get to approach whoever your guy is, at least who you think your guy is. So you can like, way, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm very, I'm looking forward to going to New York for the bowl game and um, getting a few uh, drinks and some people and seeing if we can get some, some intelligence on, uh, on what's happening. Cause I well, imagine the wheels will at least be spinning by the end of December. I think we're going to be sitting together, Paul. Yeah, man. Well, we got the, we got the hookup, man. So this is, yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. This is, this is, this is going to be all right. <laughs> Yeah, I don't even. I guess there's going to be a tailgate too, but it's almost like I don't even want to go to tailgate. I want to go to. Yeah, <laughs> go no, to, no, no. I no, want to go. There's. Oh. Let, let me let, let me let me go ahead and let you let you in on a secret. There's no tailgating in the Bronx, and uh, at the end of December, there's uh there's a few parking garages and basically just city. So like, hopefully they'll find a bar or something for us to be able to camp oh, out at. The ball game. You don't think they'll be tailgating even even at Yankee Stadium? No way, dude. Really? Not in, New, not, in, not in the Bronx, man. You ever been there before? Yeah, I've been to Yankees when I was a kid. Well, remember, Gadget. this is the new one, too. There's even less room around there. So there, I don't think there's any service parking at all. So it's it's kind of – it's its own it's its own thing. Um, I, I'm sure there will be – they're pretty good at setting up some events and things. There might be a fan zone or something somewhere. I don't know. You know, wherever there, there, there'll be the one good thing about these bowl games is they, they do generally do a pretty good job at setting up a situation for people to kind of get together and, you know, whoever find out who your your, your new best friend is because they're wearing red that day. Yeah, well, the other thing that just recently happened at Yankee Stadium, NYCFC, Paul, <laughs> how exciting! How Very exciting. exciting! Very exciting. Made, made MLS I'm Cup. I'm sure like tens of, of our listeners are super excited about the upcoming MLS Cup match between NYCFC and Portland Dibbers. Um, we'll, we'll get to that the second half of the show, so stick around. Yeah, I haven't really watched much of it, to be honest with you. Either, but... Yeah, oh, yeah that's, that's a good idea. We need to ask Gary Williams what he thinks about the MLS Cup final. I feel like he's now, – now he is a former a soccer coach. About that. Well, yeah, I, well, he is a former uh, college soccer coach, so – you know, it, it's possible. I basically took a three to four year hiatus from soccer. I just stopped watching for a while, and I I started watching again last year, and I was like, "Who are these guys on the national team?" Okay, 
Sorry, man. Peter Angelo stalled off the Orioles after that playoff run in 97. And pretty much as soon as Cal retired, I just, I couldn't stand baseball anymore. Like the guy literally killed the sport for me. So I replaced it with soccer, whatever. You don't have to yeah. like it. I'm not, I'm not one of those guys who's like, you have to like soccer or you're like, a yeah. idiot. like whatever you like it, you like it. If you don't, whatever. I used to try to do that, like promote it and be like, Hey, soccer. And now I don't care either. Yeah. Whatever, no, man. Yeah, it's it's very love or hate, or or in fair enough, I mean, there are some people that kind of like get sized about it around the World Cup, which again is fine. It's it's you know kind of like yeah. the Olympics, you know, it's it's a pretty big deal, and you don't really need to be into it all the time to yeah. to get sized. So but someone anyway. asked, yeah, someone asked, "Where's Gary?" So let me just set that up real quick for everybody watching. Got a lot of watchers. This is IMS Radio, which I'm sure all of you know. Jeff Ehrman is here, the publisher. Maryland at 247sports.com and Inside Maryland Sports. Paul Douglas is here, our favorite DeMatha alum, second favorite after Hunter Dickinson. I am, <laughs> I am Larry France. And around 8 o'clock, assuming he can figure out the tech, Gary Williams will be joining us. Don't put that we're, on Gary. We're Don't a put that on Gary. That. That's on us, man. We got a li- little worried about that. We got to send somebody G- over there to make it happen. Sure, Gary will be good. What's that, Jeff? Wife can probably help him out. Okay. Yeah, well, we'll see. Well, his, his grandson's we'll got to be getting pretty old, right? What's that? This is, his, his grandson's got to be pretty old now, right? He's, he's got to be in the, like, you know, help grandpa program in the VCR kind of age, right? Yeah. Or, I mean, Christ, God, that was so long ago. He, he's probably out of college. Christ, I'm so old. Oh, God damn it. Out of college? I don't think out of college. Well, he was 2002. He was running around. So not out of college. Out, in college. Well, that was 19 years ago. So, I mean. That's true. It's maybe, 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 maybe. I don't know the exact date. Yeah, you're right. So I was thinking about, uh, I was thinking about Mark Turgeon a little bit. And one thing that's really weird for me is the people just – absolutely destroying the character of the guy i don't is that warranted i mean he didn't do as well as as the fans wanted him to do it wasn't that bad he made six of the last seven tournaments and i know it was frustrating his pace of play was poor but he's a very nice we've met him i don't know how many times through the show three to four times jeff you meet him all the time paul and i three or four times through the show and paul you may be more than that he's always incredibly nice and i don't think he I think it was time to get rid of him, but man, the vitriol and the just, I don't get that. He doesn't deserve, like he wasn't beating people. Like, you know what I mean? Like he just didn't win enough. I, I don't. Well, I think it's a combination of things. He didn't win enough. Um, they're frustrated that he wouldn't change his style, but then that's only half of it. The other half is the fact that everybody kind of saw this down point coming right now whether it was last year or even a few years ago. And so the thought is, okay, you know, you didn't, you know, if you put less effort into recruiting these past few years, you didn't really do the job as hard as you were doing it the first few. Kind of took it, put off the gas a little bit, it seems, seems to us. And then you get eight games in the season, nine games in, you realize your team that you put together is not good, and you, boom, you get to just you quit, basically. You know, leave everybody kind of holding the bag with this team that you created. Uh, and it's not going to have that much talent 
the next guy, young talent. I think that's half of it is the way, kind of the buildup of last year and maybe a year two before where most people kind of thought it was time. And now where he just, he just gets to leave, you know, leave the players, leave the fans, when everybody puts it thought of time. Yeah, Jeff, your audio is a little bad, and there's been a, there's a comment in the chat about it. Uh, I'm not sure what's going on. I'm sure, it sounds like it gets muffled and then it clears up. Not sure what we can do about it live right now. Yell at your kids to get off the damn Wi-Fi. Come yeah, on. maybe that's what it is. Showtime. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> no, but I, I think Jeff's onto something. I, I think a lot of it is just it's the internet. It's very easy to throw around vitriol that you wouldn't say to someone's face i mean it's it's very uh kind of hyperbolic and whatnot but yeah i mean i think it's really hard for your average maryland fan when you look at the way say his high school recruiting has gone recently there really just doesn't seem like there's been a lot of effort put in the last few years to get kids in here when they get in here you look at the james graham situation you look at a guy like Ike Cornish. He was a you know top 100 player for a lot of guys and, and can't get off the bench. Um, you know, I think the idea that, you know, yeah, he kind of just quit on his team. I mean, just straight up in the middle of the season. I mean, it's, it's kind of I, – I can't really remember the last time this type of thing happened. And Usually because of a scandal or a health issue. Right. And, and maybe, look, I mean, we don't know what's going on in his life. I mean, maybe maybe there's something going on that we don't know. And I, I'm not here to presume anything about his health or mental health or whatever. It's just, um, you know, Mike Mike Greenberg, for whatever you feel about Mike Greenberg, does have a great saying. And he, he says that, um, you know, rich people have problems, too, but nobody wants to hear about your problems. You know, Mark Turgeon's making $3 million. I mean, he's made $30 million from the University of Maryland or something like that. Nobody... Nobody cares that it's hard. Nobody cares that it's been tough for you. Nobody cares that the transfer portal and the one-time transfers and high school recruiting and the crazy, like nobody cares that that's hard for you. Like you're being paid more than any other state employee in the in the entire state. So, you know, do it, do it or get lost. And I, you know, he, he decided to get lost. Yeah. But so. yeah, but the, 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 the name calling and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that, that's the yeah, internet, that's man. That's, that's the internet. Always, that's always yeah. the internet. I mean, you get you get you get kids on the people on the internet. You know, name calling college players. I mean, the coach himself. I mean, of course, you know, you're going to see that. I, I just, I, I, there, there's been a, um, there's been a, a, a thing that's been suggested by some national journalists like Seth Davis even today that somehow Maryland fans are worse or somehow Maryland fans online are this like deep unstoppable force. That's bullshit. It's bullshit. That's just, it's no different than any other fan base. It's no different. And it's a smaller uh, fan. It's a, little, it's a little different than some, not that much, but oh, it's, man. It's, more, it's more of a pro sports mindset. You know, it's not the raw, you don't have that embedded raw, raw statewide, Homerism, you did in like Nebraska or somewhere like that. So, actually, I dealt with Nebraska fans. Yeah, Nebraska's all yeah, not yeah. a great example for you. They were, they were fucking nut jobs. Okay, so that's a bad <laughs> They literally uh, stalked you like for the last 18 months. Like, you're. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyways, I think it's a little bit more of a caustic 
fan base just because it's that North. It, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. There's some of that. Midwest Big Ten. Yeah, it's not like it's not the fans' fault that. Wait, you know, it's not their fault. Hey, kept, like Paul said, you know, you're paying $3 million a year. Hey, so we're going to get into, Gary's going to come up in about five minutes. After that, we're going to get into the coaching candidates. We're going to go down the list and get Jeff's inside information. So do not leave after Gary is going. But we got a, we got a lot of ch- comments in the chat. Some of them worth bringing up before Gary comes in. Uh, a lot of compliments for you, Jeff. People compliment you bringing, breaking stories, including your boy, John Orend. Jeff Ehrman has broken every Terp story, big or small, four years, more than proved his worth this week. That's your boy right there. John Orend's the man. He's, uh, he's an awesome journalist. So. Yeah, there you go. Got some other questions. Someone commented on the tailgating scene, Paul. Nicholas Pavlou, Pavlau. Not Pavlov, which would be pretty cool, but it's L-O-U, Pavlou. Okay, there is tailgating at a couple of lots around Yankee Stadium. Bars like Stands and the Dugout will be open. So there's a little bit of information. There should be a little bit of tailgating. And someone's asking you about my bubble chairs in the back. Yes, those are bubble chairs. They hang from the ceiling, yes. Yeah, you you just guessed what they use them for over there. Yes, those are bubble chairs in the back. You got that right. Very ergonomically sound. So, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. We got so to we we interview Mrs. France on this show at some point. And just get she won't. Comments. She will not do it. She's not a public speaking person at all. Uh, I don't know. Will I, not. I think. I think maybe we get a couple glasses of wine and we could we could convince her to pop on real quick. The wine will happen very easily. You don't even. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Nicholas also asked, "What was Walt's quote also hinting that Turgeon basically quit? I'm not sure what quote he's talking about. Do you guys know Walt's quote? Uh, he quit, right? He, he quit. He did yeah. quit. Fine, whatever you want to say. He was done. Did he really? Yes. It was 100%. mutual. Okay. I don't think it was. I mean, uh, it was mutual. I'm sure De- David Evans did not try to pull him back <laughs> off the edge. I'm sure he was like in the other room doing the Tiger Woods fist bump. <laughs> I don't think it was mutual in terms of how it started. Turgeon, I, Turgeon, I, because I, I didn't, I was skeptical at first too. Yeah. I saw the way the, the press release was worded. Uh, and I was like, hmm. And the buyout know. terms too sounded uh, like he just straight up got axed. Yeah. I mean, I talked to multiple people who've spoken with Turgeon. And it's very clear he woke up after that Virginia Tech game and he was like, I can't reach this team. Uh, you know, I don't have it in me. I don't have the energy to go through the rest of this season. And, and it was done, you know, a day later, basically. And it was definitely, he was not pushed out. It was his decision to resign. Multiple questions in the chat about his contract, asking why did they agree to the full $5 million? If he quit, why would they agree to that? And... Do you think they'll have to pay, the, because it's partitioned out over time, do you think they'll have to pay the full amount or will he get another job? What do you get? What do you think about that, Jeff? Well, second part first, I also asked what they thought about whether he coached again. Consensus is that he's going to coach again. They don't think he's done. But it'll probably have to be, you know, Horizon League or, no, there's some ACC. I mean, he'd be good to get for like a BC when it's open. Or, you know, there, there's plenty of schools. I shouldn't just say Horizon League. Either way, 
again, so if that happens within the next five years, where they're paying him these monthly installments, then Maryland would save that money, you know, offset. Um, what's the first part again? They were just asking about whether he's going to, whether Maryland would have to pay for the full five million, and so why I, would they agree to it anyway when he's the one who quit? Honestly, that's really a, that's a five million dollar question, literally, right? I don't, I don't know why. I yeah, it seems it, weird. It, is, it does seem that that's the part I think that probably makes most people wonder if he was pushed out. Right, uh, which is why I say that because it doesn't make sense. Yeah, well, I, I also. At that point, he's getting the best. He's eating, he's having his cake and eating it too. You know, you got you get the extension, and then you go and you still get your buyout money. Um, yeah, one, but I mean, but I mean, keep in mind, right? He's he's in the middle of a year where he's being paid three three plus million dollars annually. So, like, you know, that's another million and a half alone just being paid for the rest of the year to get him to walk away, and then you're spreading out the rest of that over the next five years, and that's if he doesn't take another job. So, I mean, you throw five million dollars out there, it sounds like a big deal, but it's not like they're just writing him a five million dollar check. It's just going to get spread out like he was a still an employee there. It's it's it doesn't matter. The the point is it it's just it's just an inconsequential amount of money. Uh, I think people are run at this point. The people are are worried about it because they feel like it might impact their who, who they're able to hire next. If, if this no doesn't way. impact, then why does anybody care? That's what I'm saying. It doesn't. I'm trying to I'm trying to tell you. Garrett, it does not matter. It, it just yeah. it just doesn't. Well, they care just because they don't want it, you know, out of principle, right? Right. Yeah. So it's it's eight o'clock, and we're just waiting for Gary to call in. He's supposed to call in at eight. We'll see. <laughs> we'll if see. If he doesn't show up on time, I'm kicking him out of practice. I'm a punt my computer out the window. Yeah, we'll see about whether the tech is an issue because all we set it up so that we sent the link. All he has to do is. Hit one button and it'll call in, and it should work. So, Jeff, be checking that phone in case there's any frantic text. I can't get any. I can't get any. There's, can't nothing, get better. Yeah. there's nothing better in live radio than at, like, three minutes where you're trying to wait for somebody to come on the show and they're not showing up yet, and you're just like, uh, yeah, so they're coming. Uh, yeah. Terry Williams, let me know if you need some help, which is – Oh, feels a little strange. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So for the bowl game, they're saying someone chimed in that there will be a little bit of tailgating, but it is going to be frigid. And if they're going to have bars set up, that would be, to me, preferable rather than being outside in the freezing cold, don't you think, or no? Yeah, I, I would, like I said, based on the, the, the games, I've never been to this bowl game, but based on the games that I've been to before, they'll have a fan zone somewhere at or near the stadium. That might be where you're maybe utilizing one of those open, those open air parking lots. Um, and then I would bet that Maryland will probably set up, uh, some, you know, with a bar somewhere within walking distance as like a pregame location if they don't the terrible club or, or you know somebody will do it on their own like like that's generally how this has worked in the past i mean 
I feel like, you know, an old head being like, oh, back in the day when we used to go to bowls all the time. This they they tailgated. Go. They did for yeah. sure. I remember tailgating for the entire day at the Gator Bowl. I mean, was it the Gator well, we, Bowl? The well, Florida, it was, yeah. It was in Jacksonville because it was yeah. the Jacksonville Stadium and they had millions of parking spaces everywhere, right? Yeah. Kind of like the, uh, like the, the, um, the, a chance sports bowl in 06 you know it was at the citrus bowl so just you know open air parking lots everywhere i i haven't we haven't been to a bowl game kind of in the middle of a giant metropolitan area before so i think there's just a lot more parking garage and things like that as opposed to the uh the general kind of um you know situation so there are tech issues going on just, <laughs> just for <laughs> Full disclosure. He should be able to just hit the hit the link, Jeff. Well, the link isn't a link, though. For all yeah, I know. Jeff, it's not. Jeff. It's not a link. Je- Jeff, I'm gonna just Go te- te- hold on. I'm gonna text you something, and then um, just text it to him. Okay. While you guys are doing that, I'm gonna talk about the basketball team a little bit. I looked up projections for the basketball team. And to no one's surprise, they're not very good. I can't believe this is a team that was Ken Palm top 20 before the season started. I looked at the ESPN BPI. They have them 69th right now. I guess it's a 5-4 and four with the way they've played and who they've lost to. 69th, and they project them to win their final record to be 14.3 and 16.7, or about 14 and 17. Insane. Ken Palm has the basketball team at 52nd. They project 15 and 16 overall, 8 and 12 in conference. Team rankings has Maryland at 57 overall, also projecting a 14 and 17 record, 7 and 13 in conference. I'm just wondering, is there any way to turn it around? I feel like there is because I feel like there's some talent, but that they're just playing horribly. I don't. Yeah. But the thing is, there were already. Sometimes you see a rally in a situation like this, whether it's around an injured teammate or a coaching team. Mm-hmm. When there's a assistant coach that everybody loves and is known for years, and for some other reason, a coach they hated is gone. They didn't hate Virgin. Uh, so I think more so than anything, there were already like mismatched pieces who weren't playing nearly as well as they could. And then on top of that, now they're all like. I don't know if I'm going to be here next year, right? I don't know who the coach is going to be. I might be transferring. So it's kind of hard to not only stay focused on basketball, but become better than this really pretty bad team that you were before this happened. Having to all over all over the place personally. And Danny Manning is not known as a big X's nose guys. X's nose guy who might be the kind of person who could turn a team around, right? Well, it actually sounds like uh, Mark Brady was, or Matt Brady was the one who was doing the substitutions and the, um, you know, kind of the game planning and the personnel stuff. Even even the last couple of games when Turge was here. So, um, yeah, that's because he was already, yeah, because he was already his energy was for the job was starting to fade. Yep. So he was trying to have Brady do some of the more strenuous, uh, however you want to put it, activity during the game subs and matchups and everything um which is i think pretty unusual i don't know i I haven't you know 
heard of that being like an offensive coordinator kind of situation in basketball often. But that he was already starting to, and I was told he was away from the players a lot more, heading into the season a lot more isolated. But it wasn't a sudden, sudden decision, sudden crash. That was just a transition. Yeah, it, it was very odd. I mean, I, somebody pointed out during the Regina Tech game um, how Turge was sitting down on the bench and not doing much during the game, um, which is odd. Usually he's fairly animated and, and kind of, you know, maybe not yelling out place, but, you know, yelling at the team, trying to get them to do stuff. Um, it was it was odd. Um, the whole thing's been odd uh, for a while and I guess, you know, in retrospect, it, it's not entirely surprising that uh, it kind of ended the way that it did. One good thing is that the Big Ten doesn't seem to be as good as people thought it would be. So maybe there'll be a few more wins there because they're just not that great. The talent to me is so much better. You know, it's one thing to be less than the sum of your parts. But is my audio okay? Yeah, it it's still a little, but it go ahead. One thing to be less, you know, the sum to be less than the whole of the parts, but they are like 50% of the whole of their parts. I mean, shoot, Ayala and, and Dante Scott, I can't figure out what has happened to them. Ayala, just so much less explosive going the basket. So because of that, every shot is like with a hand in his face. Like the percentage of shots he's taken them are either wild circus shots or just shots where somebody is playing the defense and 90% of the shots. Dante Scott can't get going. Both of them, I think, are combined three for 22 the other day. That's been an absolute killer. Those are the two when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, I mean, I, I I thought beginning of the season, asking Eric Ayala to be your your number one guy felt a lot like the um, the Nick Kaner Medley syndrome from those teams back in the in the late two thousands, where you have a guy who's a really great second or third option on a team, but just is never going to be really good enough to be your top guy. And I, I think that's played out to some degree. I feel like it's also playing out to some degree with, with Dante Scott. I mean, he's a really talented player, but he's just not a guy you can depend on. He's not consistent enough. And I think I think you've got a lot of guys who would be really good second, third, fourth best players on a pretty good team, but throw them all together. There's just not a leader. There's just not a guy who can get you a bucket when you really need one. And, you know, like I said, we've talked before, just 
Turge and, and, and now Manning to this point, I mean, it, they don't seem to know what they want to do in terms of whether they want to run, how they want to run half court sets. You're playing with Q is going to, you know, that offense is going to look completely different than what you're doing uh, when Reese is on the floor. It's just a mess, man. It's just a total Seth mess. Russell, Seth Russell's a terrible match with the pop. You can't get the lightning fast point guard who's biggest slash only asset, not only, but his speed, getting down court, getting people on their heels, getting fouled, and the guy who you want to just throw it into and let him make five moves and try to power it in. And he's not, Quahab is not even to me an amazing back to the back. He's very efficient down there. But he hasn't learned how to kick it out at all. And he's terrible on the pick and roll, too, which is just – it's just killer in college basketball. Those two, to me, Russell and Wahab, the two big guys you brought in, are almost like – not mutually exclusive, but you got to figure something out that's above my basketball IQ. William Reese seems like he might be a better fit, but then he's also young, so he's – Jeff, I just sent you a link. See if that link, if you can text him the link I just sent you, that might work. While we're waiting for Gary, I'm going to share for you. I have consolidated a list of the coaches' potential replacements. And this is just names that I've seen on the board from Jeff, from various other people, and I kind of put them in an order of just the most mentions and sort of my perception of the kind of confidence level. This is not anything set in stone, but I'm going to share with you this list right here. Can you guys see that? Or do I need to expand it anymore? Yeah, it's on there. Okay. So here's a list of the people that I've seen commented on the board from Jeff. I feel like he's been mentioned the most. I know he, he had interest last time. That's why I had him up there. Everyone's favorite. Everyone's second favorite. This guy been mentioned quite a bit. And down on down the list. Um, so I don't know if you guys have any comments on that. Am I missing anybody? Is there anyone you would kind of move up or down? I mean, it's hard to tell uh, this early, right? Hang I mean, on. Gary, Gary just called. Oh. We'll get back to that list afterward, everybody. Gary is connecting on the audio. Hey, Gary, how are you? We got video. Hey, Coach. He's still connecting on his audio. We'll get there. Yeah, I'm here. Hey, how are you doing, Gary? Good. Sorry Good. about the sorry about the tech issues, but uh, we figured it out. Okay. You are one of the, if not the, most uh, well versed in the history of Maryland basketball. You were followed by Mark Turgeon, and he's been there for about ten years. As one of the most well-versed people in history of Maryland basketball, how do you feel about his tenure, what he was able to accomplish in those 10 years following you up? Well, I think, uh, you know, everything is uh, relative. When, when he came in, um, he wanted to build his program just like any first-year coach, just like when I came in. You know, you want to build your program and 
get guys in that, you know, can win on a consistent basis. And I, I think he did get players into the program that could win. Um, I think one of the things that, you know, Mark went through that he didn't expect to be have to do was go into the Big Ten, which, you know, in terms of, um, you know, strength of teams, things like that, I, I think, you know, the ACC easily was as good as the Big Ten or the Big Ten was as good as the ACC. It's just getting used to playing, you know, different places, different teams, different rivalries that, you know, might have, um, you know, b- bothered, you know, um, your your gradual building of the program. And then he had some teams that were really good. And, um, you know, so much of the, uh, the success of teams now is based on the NCAA tournament. People look at that, you know, as, you know, especially the casual fan who probably, you know, knows what's going on in the NCAA tournament, but might not follow it real close during the regular season. Uh, and, you know, when you don't win there, sometimes you're going to get criticized. I got criticized uh, when we didn't, you know, do well in the NCAA tournament or whatever. So um, that's going to happen. And then, you know, the pandemic, uh, things like that, that no one could foresee, you know, that that's something you don't plan on. And, you know, I, I just think that, you um, you know, you get to a point where you get tired and how you handle that. Everybody's different. Um, and Mark chose to do what he did. Gary, this is uh, the age old debate among fans is how good of a job Maryland is. Obviously, you're, you're a little biased on that and based on your experience, you know, what you accomplished. But how attractive do you think nationally this job is you know, heading now into this unexpected well, I, th- I think it's very attractive, and that's that's what we, um, or myself, anyway, as a Maryland guy. You know, I played basketball in Maryland, got my education there, coached there. So, you know, I'm 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 I'm, I'm certain I have a bias toward it. But at the same time, uh, if if realistically, uh, you look at the Big Ten, uh, where some of the universities are located, we're located in a great area compared to some schools in the Big Ten. We're in a great recruiting area. The problem with this area, everybody knows it's a great recruiting area. Everybody comes in here to recruit. So it's a tough battle uh, locally in recruiting. We're in the nation's capital. You know, that that appeals to a lot of people. So uh, given what Xfinity is, uh, you know, still a relatively new 18,000, 19,000 seat arena, plus playing in one of the five power conferences, I think it's a very attractive job. And... Uh, I think we, as as Maryland people, as fans, as uh, you know, administration at the school, things like that, we have to realize the history of Maryland basketball, what it's meant for the school, how it's helped the school, uh, and you know, go from here. Uh, we ha- we have to be able to compete on a national level, and we we should be able to compete, getting a coach who's on a national level, and that's you know that's the work ahead. Hey, Gary, so uh, for the fans, these coaching searches are like a circus and they're, they're entertainment. They're like playing fantasy basketball in a lot of ways. But I wonder, since you're one of the few people on this planet who's been a coach, who's had to experience what it's like to be a successful coach and then get that call from another school, what was that experience like for you? I, you were at Ohio State. You had a, a good thing you were building there. Jimmy Jackson was coming in the next year. And then your alma mater calls you. How did that work for you? And, and how did you consider 
what you were building there versus what the, f- the future might be for how you wanted to continue your career. Well, you're, you're right. Ohio State was a great job. Um, you know, people say it's a football school, but what happens when you have a 107,000-seat stadium? There's a lot of assets, private planes, things like that that aren't available at a lot of places. So the only reason I left Ohio State was for Maryland. I would have never left Ohio State for any other job. But I had, you know, my ties to Maryland, my feelings. Maryland had just gone through a very rough patch with Len Bias and uh, the Bob Wade situation. So um, I wasn't, I'm not one of these, I'm not patting myself on the back and saying that, well, you know, I'm going to Maryland just because, you know, all those things happen and I'll pull it out of the, uh, the slump that they're in. But I, I just thought that I'd really like to coach at the University of Maryland for one thing. And I obviously knew the place really well and I thought we could be good. I knew the ACC was tough and Duke and Carolina to start with every year. They'd be ranked in the top five in their country. It seemed like every year I was there. Uh, and so, you know, may, maybe you went in a little blind leaving Ohio State going into Maryland. But, you know, once you got there, you could see that if you could get, you know, things moving in the right direction, you could be good. And, and you know, that that's how I felt. But like I said, the only reason I left Ohio State was it was the University of Maryland. I wouldn't have left for any other job, just like I didn't leave Maryland for 22 years. We are speaking with Maryland coaching legend, national champion, and Hall of Famer Gary Williams. Gary, a lot of people would love for you to be involved in the coaching search because they respect your opinion so much. Are you going to be involved, and what kind of things might you look for? How might you steer the the search? Well, this has all been a couple days. um, So, yeah, I hope I'm involved. I think I know coaches pretty well i i know coaches who know coaches um you know so i could give input it, it's not my job to pick the next coach but i certainly think i like other people uh, i could be helpful in the coaching search and you know it's it, this this is critical i think uh, for maryland basketball right now in other words people will look at uh, mark leaving as a negative for the program overall like why would a guy leave uh, before you even played a Big Ten conference game. And so we have to do a good job of making sure people understand just how good the Maryland job can be and um, go from there. But there are coaches out there that I think that are very successful coaches, uh, coach at a high level, that think Maryland's a great job. We just have to find the right guy and make sure that uh, we give him the assets necessary to win you know, against the teams uh, that you have to play when you play a Big Ten schedule. So, Gary, going into the search, everyone's going to have their own favorite. Some people want an established winner. Other people want a young, energetic guy. Is there a specific kind of profile you think, especially after, you know, after Turge, it's been a little more of a slow pace kind of ball. Do you think after that you really need somebody to reinvigorate the fans with their style? Which that? I'm sorry, that didn't come through very clearly. Okay, I was asking you if you think that a specific profile of coach would make sense, you know, specifically after, you know, there were, you know very well, there were a lot of fan complaints about the tempo, things like that. You know, I've heard you talk about your preference for up-tempo, we all know about that, obviously. I think you need to kind of aim the higher, specifically a little bit different than you've had just to get the fans excited again. 
Yeah, I think that's that's a part of the job that you have to accept, um, especially in the eastern uh, part of, uh, you know, when I was at Ohio State, uh, for example, we played Bucknell our first game that I ever coached there. And I, I was that's before Bucknell was good. Bucknell's had some good teams uh, over the last 20 years. But I went in there not knowing what to expect. I had left Boston College, which was a pro town, very similar to Washington, D.C. in terms of the number of franchises and things like that. And so I was used to that. I, I knew we had to fight for our identity. Um, when you're going against the Celtics, the Bruins, the Red Sox, the Patriots, all, all that stuff. And so it, it was, you know, I, I was willing to do whatever it took uh, to get Boston College accepted into the town as, you know, something else that the fans could get into beside the pro teams. And Going to Columbus, it was completely different. You owned the state. If you went to Bowling Green, Miami, Ohio, when the Buckeyes played, you were a Buckeye. You know, that that's how it worked in that town. Now, Maryland is interesting because you have all the franchises within 35 miles of campus, uh, the professional sports teams. Plus, you, you have um, a state that's really completely different than, say, Ohio. For example, Ohio is right in, you know, it's landlocked. It's a square state. Uh, there, there's no difference really in any part except for a couple cities like Cleveland, Columbus, and Cincinnati. Everything else is kind of rural and that type of thing. So in Maryland, you, you have like Western Maryland, you have the Eastern Shore, you have Baltimore, uh, you have this area here around uh, the university. And so it's really a different job. But at the same time, if you're good, people will support you. And they're probably quicker to boo somebody than a, than a Midwestern situation would be that the people here uh, that aren't from the state of Maryland uh, that are from the United States are mostly New York, New Jersey, uh, you know, <laughs> metropolitan Philadelphia. They're tough people. You know, they're used to pro games. They're used to, the, you know, really getting into it. And I, I think that's, that's what a new coach has to be able to handle. So I think a new coach with a little bit of a background in that situation That'll certainly help him. Uh, Basketball-wise, I think you definitely have to play uh, a style that will bring fans into the game. I think the students at Maryland are tremendous, uh, have to make sure they get to all the games uh, or as many games as they possibly can. But really, they're they're the base of the crowd. In other words, the the older people at the games, they'll kind of follow the students' lead. And um, we need them there at the game. We have to make sure that that continues and, you know, we have to have people step up and buy season tickets and make sure they get there or give their tickets to somebody else if they can't make the games because we, we can't have an empty arena. You go play at Purdue or you go play at Michigan, Michigan State, place like that, they're going to be all over you, you know, at the game. And so we need that same atmosphere. And we've had that atmosphere uh, during March time at times, but, but that has to be sustained. We have to keep that going. Gary, it, it seemed like uh, fatigue uh, was a big deal for, for Turge as he decided to walk away. You have to think that the transfer portal and the you know no-limit transfers are a factor in this. Do you think it's just so hard for a head coach right now to be able to put together a team and keep it for a long time? you think that's a factor with some of these guys adjusting to this new world in college basketball? Oh, I, I definitely do. I, I think you have to realize that you're coaching year to year now. Um, you know, in other words, the transfer portal, for example, that's college basketball's free agency now. That's just like, you know, free agency in the NBA or whatever. 
the likeness thing. Nobody knows the, the, the good part of that, the, the bad parts of that, what's that going to cause. But, you know, I think we all can see bad things that can happen with the uh, with, with the uh, likeness thing. And so, yes, we're, we're, in, we're in a different time, different time than when I coached. But at the same time, everybody, every power conference coach is in the same situation. So it's no worse at Maryland than it is any other place. And the guys that have an edge right now are the guys that have coached the one and dones for a while now, say the Kentuckys, the Dukes, whatever. They because they're used to creating a new team every year. And that's that's what the new coach has to be able to do. But I think that that's what's out there now. I think if you're if you're a college coach at a high level, that's there. You know, you're gonna have to coach that. You gotta figure that out just like you figure out your offense, your defense, and go from there. Gary, we end all the shows by doing fill in the blank. I think you've done it with us before. Five rapid fire questions. You say the first thing that comes to your mind, okay? All right. The, the player on this year's team who will surprise everyone the most going forward will be. I think Fats Russell. If he can make, I, oh, that's right. I'm gonna that's two words. <laughs> no, no, that's okay. You can expound if you want. You're Gary no, I, Williams. Yeah, you can I, do whatever you want. Fats has got to make a couple shots. If he does. I think, you know, because he's really good taking the ball to the basket. He's just got to hit a couple jumpers, and he'll be fine. Okay. The next big project for the athletic department that no one knows about yet will be? Well, completing a practice facility for the uh, basketball program, both the men's and women's teams. Okay. The most painful loss you ever had as a coach was? Uh, Michigan State in the NCAA tournament in 2010. Everyone's going to kill me for this. Yeah. Why did I do that? Yeah. Us, okay. us too, Gary. <laughs> yeah, us too. <laughs> Corey, Corey Lucius, the name that's supposed to be not said. All right, the former player of yours who could one day end up as coach of Maryland is? I think Juan Dixon. Okay. Last one, the next men's basketball coach at the University of Maryland will be? I have no idea. <laughs> it's had to try had to try had to try thanks All right. coach thank you so much for joining us gary it's always a pleasure when you're on the show with us yeah thank uh, i apologize for being challenged uh, electronically but uh, no it's okay it's our is, fault like, our fault this is like this is like the transfer portal it's a whole new world you know? <laughs> we'll send we'll yeah. send our tv crew to your house next time gary don't worry about All right. it <laughs> thanks you guys hey continue <laughs> success Right. Thank Thanks, Gary. Okay, we'll see. Right. So that was really, really good. And the whole time, I was wondering if he knew he was on video or not. Because the way the camera angle was really funny. And he kept leaning in to hear the thing. And I was like, we're almost in another Walt situation. I'm just, I'm just sitting there. I'm just sitting there. It was like, like, man, I'm just like, man, one of us is going to have to translate Jeff's question for us. Like, <laughs> yeah, that too I thought about. Uh, my dog is knocking on the door. I got to go. It's frigid, so I got to go deal with him. You two talk amongst yourselves. Go ahead about Gary. Oh, we're doing it. We're doing a freaking dog break here. Seriously? <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, that was great. Gary Williams, you can take as many words as you want. Yeah, no, that's 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 truth. I, I, I can't. He said Fats Russell and Jeff. You need to tell your uh, your story with your son yesterday because uh, that cracked me up, and I'm never gonna stop. Gary's back. <laughs> Gary, I know he's gone again. <laughs> it's a, it's another Walt situation. <laughs>
It's another one. Just get one, just get one fist pump on the way out. I forgot to do this, fellas. I hope he hangs up soon. Like I'm almost tempted to just end the call so he's not like accidentally on screen. Oh, with no, you're not. You're not kicking Gary Williams off our Zoom. No, but if he wants to come back. He comes back. He's he's still in here. I don't know if you can hear us, Gary. If you can hear us, you need to hit the little hang up button. I mean, you don't have. You don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That's funny. All right, now that's a fun technological issue as opposed to the struggling ones from earlier. Yeah, a lot of lot of tech issues tonight. Um, Yeah, it's freezing outside. Come on, man. I had to let my dog in. Actually, he was asking to go out, but anyway. No, no. I was saying uh, Jeff has to. He's gone. He's gone. Jeff has to tell his Fats Russell story from yesterday because that cracked me up. So, like early after he committed to Maryland, one time on the message board. I transposed an R instead of the first T in his name. So the post was up like that. <laughs> I got a spit take. All right. <laughs> almost, almost spit it out. So it said <laughs> farts, Russell. Yeah. Like I think farts, Russell is gonna have a great My ear fell up. Whatever it might be, and he was known on the board as farts, Russell. And I was like, oh no, this typo. He's gonna be farts, Russell, and then I'm gonna have to. Print farts Russell shirts and sell them out. It's gonna, you know, sell them. It's gonna be a whole big thing. So I just told my son about it, and he thought it was like the funniest, you know, the most wheelhouse for a thirteen-year-old. Right. So I think he's, I think he's as funny as your thirteen-year-old. I'm just like, I would buy all the farts Russell shirts. Like, all right, I, I, I would do that. I hope he, I hope he doesn't like see it on Twitter, Twitter and take offenses if I'm trying to say. It. <laughs> I'm gonna share that list of coaches right, it's again. It's a joke. Yeah. So here's that list of coaches again, and someone already commented in the chat that I forgot Mark Pope. Is he worth putting in there? Yeah, he seems to be a real, really popular dark horse, just fan-wise, not like you know, where. No, that's where in the list would you put him? I would put him. I would put him above Odom. Okay, yeah, that's exactly where. I, that's exactly what I was going to say. Eight or nine. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I honestly don't think anybody at the bottom of that list is really, really in question here. Where's Pilpa's uh, BYU? BYU. I will add that my Blair Blazer brother David Vanterpool followed me on Twitter a day or two ago. Ooh, Ooh. Oh. let's move. Let's move him up the list. Oh, move him up the list. Maybe yeah. In the, the scenario. Where should we move him? I, do, I feel like one. Go, number one with the bullet. I feel like he go. No, he doesn't go to number one. I, I feel like he goes to like number three or no four, seven. Seven. Four five. Seven. Seven. Yeah, line I still think is just oh. age and other stuff. Like that's one of those when it first happens, all of a sudden you just spew out all the names and then you get like a few about the awards or the. All right, so help me rearrange the top of the list here then. I mean, Mata shouldn't be number one. He should or should not? No, he should be like five. Okay. I mean, the problem with him is he hasn't coached in three years. He had health issues, so he still have that fastball. I think is we this... about this in the last show, right? Yeah, but is Nate Oates really the number one? I mean, maybe he's wanted number one, but is he really the number one most likely? Are we talking about fan choices or actual likelihood? Likelihood, yeah. Jeff. I mean, likelihood is just too early. Yeah. 
I, well, I mean, likelihood, it could be, I mean, any of these dudes. I, I mean, it, or, or 20 other guys who aren't on that list. Yeah. I would say, like, if you were, if this was a hot board, like, if, if, if we are Damon Evans and these are the guys that we would aim for the most, I mean, I feel like that's kind of what this list looks like to me. Um, in terms of likelihood, we're just, we're not going to know for a while. I mean, I, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. None of us know. None of us. Someone in the. for the job so much. Why does Kevin Willard always come up? Not to say he's a bad coach. I've just heard him so much. That's why I put him high. I, I didn't. Is he there? I'm saying, why is he there? No. Because Seton Hall is like a, the worst P5 job next to DePaul, maybe. I mean, he practices in a basement in Newark. I mean, it's. It's a bad job, and that guy's got NBA players that came out of that place. He hasn't done it in the postseason. That's the one thing that holds him back, no. I think. But, no. I mean, he's a guy that, like, if that's the floor for this search, that ain't a bad floor. I think it's just when you look at – I mean, honestly, Kevin Willard's resume looks a lot like Mark Turgeon's did before he was hired the last time, and I think that scares people and, and maybe should. I don't know. couple of I, comments – and it's basically Turge's first four years. A little bit better during the regular season, probably. But yeah. Oh, definitely, definitely. I, I, I mean, I think the issue here is when I'm thinking about this coaching search, are you thinking about a guy who built a program out of nothing and then made them respectable? Or are you looking for a guy who's maybe had a couple of, of runs uh, in a postseason tournament and is otherwise kind of okay. Cause you're, you're not really going to find, you know, Nate Oates is the only guy, maybe Musselman who kind of checks both of those boxes. Right. But otherwise you're picking one or the other. And I don't know necessarily what's the right move for a program like Maryland right now. So a couple comments in the chat, our boy, John Orend comment again. And he said, as a DeMatha guy, Paul, I thought you'd make sure that Mike Jones would somehow be on the list. No, I mean, me and Mike that's a joke. Office. That is a joke. But there are some serious. Me by a couple people, a couple of people, but no, right? I, he's, he's not worth he's putting not, on the list. He's not getting that job. Mark, Mark Schmidt, worth putting on the list or no? There's someone in the chat talked about Mark yeah, Schmidt. Seems good. You just never know how it's going to translate from a smaller school like that. But where would you put him? Chops. I mean, he he probably belongs more in the Kim English. I mean, Kim English has lost five games in a row, and I still love him. And I think he's going to be a great coach one day, but that day ain't today. And Schmidt is above him for that yeah. reason. He won. Where is he? If he had, and it's still the season's not over, but if he Where had is... won or gone to the NCAAs, boom, easy. Like that's a no-brainer. Just like Locks was a no-brainer for football, for obviously for more different reasons. English would have been that no-brainer if he had a big yeah. season. But they're yeah. like, yeah, five losses in a row since the Maryland win, and I think several to bad teams. So turn it around. Where's Mark Schmidt? I don't even know. In Bonaventure. And then uh, some other names mentioned. Bruce Pearl worth putting in here. Hell yeah, Born, man! Name, like. Where? Yeah, give me some Bruce Pearl. Pearl. Give me some Bruce Pearl number number three. That's why I want Bruce Pearl. That's just like a favor to me. Or um, 
Nate Oates or anybody from the SEC. He's Tennessee, him. right? Tennessee? No, uh, Auburn. Auburn? Where have I you been? You have to always keep in mind that that comes with certain uh, modus operandi that Maryland t- typically does not allow on the recruiting trail. Um, a free-for-all out there. And they're getting players, you know, they're not all just mom and winning over mom and pop for all these parents they get. We've had a couple of comments that Patino is too low. Do you agree? They're not hiring Rick Patino. That's why I put him way down. I just didn't. Yeah, think- I, I mean, they're just. I, I know anything about Maryland it is that they are not hiring a guy like Rick Pitino for the same reason they're, they're, they're not hiring Sean Miller. The power five that hires him is going to have to be someone who's really desperate for a spark. Maryland wants to get things turned around, but they're not just, you know, uh, what's a good example, the ball or whoever it is. Clemson, their coach, has been mediocre for a million years. Uh, it's going to have to be somebody a little bit desperate, I think, to take the, take the gamble or the you know, Maryland's never had a Some more comments from Jay Molnar. Molnar suggested a few people. Boynton, Kyle Smith, Wes Miller, and Nico Medved. Any of them worth putting in here? Yeah, I mean, they're all, you know, uh, Boynton has like a $12 million buyout after this year at Okie State, and he's never going to, unless he wins a national title this year, he's not worth that. So that's not happening. Uh, Kyle Smith, Wes Miller, Nico Medved, all good young coaches with a fairly successful track record that could all be in the same spot as, you know, Ryan Odom or, or anybody of that nature. It, it, I mean, the pool is so big right now. I mean, it literally could be I – could, I could list 25 or 30 guys that would have an argument – and it could be someone who's not even on that list. I mean, it's just it's, like we're Indiana, just not going to know for a while. You could have predicted Indiana was going to hire Mike Woodson, right? Right, like that. I'm sure no or, one. Or that you, or, or that UNC was going to hire Hubert Davis, or or that or that you know Duke was going to go with John Shire. I mean, but Hubert Davis, Hubert Davis was at least already on the bench, so he inherited the job. Mike yeah, Woodson yeah. was just out of nowhere. Old guy was at Indiana forever ago, so you just. There's not a there's not a Maryland guy like that. That's the thing. There's no alum fallback, or no hot young former Maryland player. I mean, there's just nobody. Someone in chat asked if Nick Roros asked if Shaka Smart is a definite no. I don't I think mean, I, after one year. Yeah, I mean, he just got the Marquette job, right? So I, I'd I'd be surprised if he. If he moved, even if he wanted yeah. to, Marquette spends a lot more on basketball. I think I saw something where they spend more than any private school in the country. I think on basketball, and it's home for him, so he's not going anywhere. All right. Well, that's about the list then for right now, at least as far as I've collected and what we've sort of gathered here. And still way too early, and there's not really 
much to make of the list in terms of the rankings here, except more it's like the wish list more than yeah. anything. Well, I mean, maybe maybe we can put some thought into this um, offline this week, and then each week, each time we come back, we'll update make this it. Just, yeah, we'll just make this like our hot list. Like the three of us can give put down what our lists are, and then we'll we'll match up the numbers. And that'll just be the IMS radio hot list based on whatever we feel like at the time and update how they're doing through the season, all that stuff. I mean, that's kind of the good thing here. Maryland gets to scout these guys for basically the entire season, right? So if, I don't know, if, if, uh, if Andy Enfield goes to number one and, you know, makes a run in the tournament, that's going to affect how you're going to feel about bringing him here. Right. Or, or if, you know, Eric Musselman loses 15 games this year. That's going to affect, you know, how you look at him. So it, it's going to be kind of fun just to sit back and watch college basketball because you're kind of keeping an eye on these coaches and what they're doing this year. Yeah, so that's, a, that's a good idea to update. Go ahead, Jeff. Over under on how many times somebody asks about Juan Dixon. Yeah. Even Gary said it. This is a good idea. You know, to be fair, to be fair, he just said that as a as a as a guy who could be a future head coach of Maryland somewhere down the road. He certainly that was his answer. Yeah, yeah. So I'm all right. I'm going to stop sharing this every week. That'll be or however whenever we meet, we'll update the list. It'll be our hot board. We'll keep moving it up and down. That'll be fun to track it that way. Got a funny comment. Someone asking if Brenda Freeze could do the recruiting. So. In the interim, she does recruit well. And the coaching. What was that, Jeff? And the coaching. And the coaching. Yes. Well, if you want, we had her on the show, and she said that the women's game is a, a fundamental fundamental game played below the rim. So if that's what you want, then. Hey, I had a, I had a very smart guy who I respect um, actually throw Christy Tolliver's name at me in terms of a potential hire. I don't think I don't think they're worth that risk, but she's an NBA assistant. I mean, it's yeah. it's not a ridiculous. She's the first female NBA assistant. Now, um, Becky, um, Becky, what's her name? Uh, she was the first uh, under uh, Popovich, uh, but but Christie's one of two or three tops. I would I would support it. I'd be all for it. All right, guys. We're going to end the show. We're going to do true or false. I've got six of them, three for each of you. I will read you a statement. You say true or false and expound upon it if you like. Jeff, we'll start with you. The next head coach will be hired before the season is over. Wow, that's really that's a really good one, Larry. Um, Regular season or postseason? Before the season's over, regular season. They're not going to have a postseason. No, but the coach might be coaching in the tournament. Yeah, that's true. So, um, so you say I, after because. Maybe four, not because I think there's some really good unemployed candidate, but it's hard to go that many months without resolving a situation in general. You start to get antsy after a while. So I would, I would just guess before, but it's a point to it. Okay, Paul. Mike Loxley and the football team made enough positive progress this season. Yeah, I think so. I, I think it was one of those seasons where, as you experienced the months of October and November, um, it felt a lot worse 
than it actually was. They they were in the games against Penn State and and Michigan State. Normally they get blown out in all those games they play against top ten level teams or Penn State wasn't quite top. They 10 got blown close. out a lot. They did get blown out a lot, but not as much as they used to. I don't know. It, they're six and six. They're six and six. They they had like a top ten strength of schedule. It's just fucking tough to win in this conference. Yeah. So I think I think it was just a, a season. If you look back at it and you look at the numbers, it's going to look a lot better than it actually felt experiencing it. Got to improve the staff. Jeff, less than five of the current scholarship players on the basketball team will be on the roster next year. Yeah, I'll stay true. I think you got two seniors. You're going to have your normal transfers, and then you add the current situation. Who knows? It might not be until the end of the year when guys start transferring. That could happen. Um, and you had a small freshman class. You already lost James Graham. If you're counting him as being on the roster, well, either way, it doesn't matter. But yeah, I'll stay under. I agree. We're not doing over-under. We're doing true or false, but you said true. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Paul! Maryland will sell more than 25,000 tickets to the bowl game. Oh, uh, no. No. No? <laughs> 2,500? Yeah, no. I mean, 10,000 maybe? I mean, this is not Was a I way off on that? I yeah, thought New York. A, this is yeah, not a well-attended. Football isn't at that level right now. I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't, I'm not sure Virginia Tech will sell that many tickets, and that's a ridiculously – crazy travel fan base I, it's just not a well-attended game it's going to be butt freezing it's in a baseball stadium it's it's not great but it's it's a bowl game they get the extra practices and hopefully we'll get some good intel about uh about the basketball search Five thousand. someone in the chat said 15 so i way overshot it i originally had 20 and i was like wait 20 is not that much and then uh yeah you're right i overshot it i was thinking new york a lot of alumni in new york anyway New York is an easy trip for Maryland. It's the first bowl game Maryland's had in five years. There's a lot of factors that could contribute to a larger attendance. But, yeah, okay. All right. Jeff, you already know who Damon's is, Damon Evans is targeting for the head coach, but you can't say anything yet. No, I would love to say true just for my ego, but absolutely false. It's not like the last two times I was telling somebody earlier today. The last basketball search – knew Sean Miller pretty early was the guy, right? The last football search, we knew Mike Leach was the guy right away. And both failed, but they were the target. This time is nothing like that because nobody was planning on having a search. I'm sure he's got some guy. He's, he's obviously got guys in his head who he likes, but I don't think there's a guy. If there is, I don't know who he is at this point, but I hope to. And Mike Loxley was actually the last football coach, but he was known right away pretty much too, right? Yeah, yeah. He was, we knew right away. Yeah. He said Mike Mike Leach just to hurt me inside. That's all. Yeah. Leach, Loxley, and and Tom Miller were all, you know, we knew right away. Like Paul said earlier, you could list 50 guys and it might not still be who they end up hiring. And only ended up with two of them, by the way. Uh, Only one of them, I mean, by the way. Yeah. All right, Paul, you are not worried at all. That the next coach will do a better job at Maryland than Turgeon did. Oh no, no, false. I am worried. I, I think I think hiring a, a coach at this level is a crapshoot. It's really tough. It's 
I mean, I think it's easier to put together a team at this point because of the transfer portal. I feel like the transition might happen quicker, but it's tough, man. It's tough to hire a, it's tough to hire a coach that can seed at, at an elite level and at a level that Maryland's expecting their basketball program to succeed. I mean, a lot of schools out there would take what Turge gave them and take it with a smile. I'm not sure, you know, I'm not sure it's going to be any better. It could be significantly worse. That's the risk that you have to understand going into this coaching search and going into this new era. It just it just comes with the territory. I, I'm prepared for it. I'm not sure a lot of fans are. That could be it could be interesting to see. Archie Miller is a perfect example there. He seemed like such a grand slam for Indiana. Yep. He's out there four or five years later. I don't think he didn't go to a single tournament right or went once and lost in the first round. Yeah, I think he might have lost in the in the first four or something, but yeah, I mean, or even even Cream before then, right? He, he didn't he go to Elite Eight or a Final Four and then just completely implode. I mean, yeah, he was college all or nothing results guy. Yeah, college basketball is tough, man. It is tough to succeed at an elite level. I think Maryland gives you a lot more tools than a lot of other schools do, but I mean, this could this could easily go really really wrong, and. You just need to be prepared for that because I still think it's worth getting rid of Turge if it was my choice, but that doesn't mean it's going to be better. It's true. Last thing before we end the show, someone made another comment about the tailgating at the game. We were talking about possibility of outside in the parking lot. Someone else mentioned there'll be a couple of bars that are going to be open. And then someone else, Jeffrey Jackal, said, there are large venues inside the stadium, including Hard Rock Cafe and Legends Lounge. That might be interesting. Do you know how early they'd open the stadium? How many hours before the game? Got to be I at least four, right? Yeah, you'd think at least an hour or two, right? I don't know. Hour it's like or a two. two. It's like a two fifteen start, maybe. So I don't know. I mean, it. Like I said, it's it's still. It's New York City, man. There'll be plenty of places to get a drink and some to eat before you get over there. I ain't worried about that. Yeah. But tailgating is part of the experience, so I'm just trying to coordinate how it's going to happen. Man. Especially, yeah. Especially on a road. If you're investing a road trip into a game, you definitely want a tailgate. I mean, you have to yeah. have that. Yeah. I mean, I love me a good tailgate. Don't get me wrong. But if it's going to be 20 degrees and shitty out, I'm just as happy going into a bar somewhere. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, um, I, like, like I look, you know, nobody loves just standing in a parking lot and drinking a can of Miller Lite more than me. But I'm good if the weather's shitty. So yeah. All right, guys, great show. We had the legend Gary Williams. It was his third or fourth time on. Yes. I can't. Remember. Wow, I thought it was his second. No, yeah, at least at least third. a couple times. Yeah. At least third, and maybe more than that. I'm I'm trying to remember. This is this is year nine of the show. I think so. <laughs> if you can believe that, yeah, year nine of the show. It's already so, a lot more gray hair than it was before. Yeah, look, oh, there's gray everywhere. <laughs> yeah, Struggles. yeah, and loved having Gary on the show, and loved the little video glitch we had that he popped back in for a second, and we had a little Walt Williams moment there. Yeah, so it was really we're, good. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna mail Jeff a mic and a hardwire cord. Yeah, we need to fix that. Thanks to everybody for coming in the chat. We got up close to hundred live people, and that's 
not actually the full total. It just shows people who are actively on the page. There are even more people can watch without actually clicking on the video. So it probably was well over 100 at a time. We'll see the stats later. Thank you all for watching and contributing in the chat. We love it when you guys do that. Not sure when our next show is going to be, probably next week. We'll see. We'll obviously let you guys know, and hopefully we'll have some good news to talk about with the basketball team. And we will certainly update our coaching hot sheet. Anything else before we go, Paul? Nah, man. Just keep the faith, guys. It's going to be three months of this stuff at least, so pace yourselves. Three months. All right. Thank you, guys, everybody. This has been IMS Radio.